Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And today, y'all, we have a special, special guest that's joining us on the show today. Now, she really doesn't need an introduction, but, you know, I got to introduce her. From the hit TV show on On Network, Finding Love, cast member, the lovely Tiffany Kirk. How we doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing the same. So me and you, we already got something in common already. We're ready to love? <laughs> no, we doing fine. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad we got that in common. Because, you know, when you're around other-minded type people, they tend to bring you down. So oh, I'm glad you're doing yeah. well. I'm doing well. We're going to have a good time on this interview. That's right. We definitely have a good time. And listen, before we even get this this beautiful interview going, because I know it's going to be super dope, um, I want to take the time to just thank you. For me and the Vibe team, I want to thank you so much for um, actually doing the interview and taking time out of your super busy schedule to actually hang out with us on the, um, on the show just for a little while, you know? You're welcome. And thank you for, you know, finding me and, and linking up with me and inviting me to Absolutely. Now, your your character, um, but wait a minute. Before we even get into that or whatever, um, I want to know, um, you are you originally from Atlanta? I am not. I am from the far north. And in this region, when people say the north, they think like New York and Philly and all that. No, I'm talking about the north north. So I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota, Midwest. Um, wow. I came here in 2013. Um you know, just ready to start a new chapter in my life. Um, but I had been in Minnesota from the time I was born all the way to 2013. Wow. So, uh, so let me ask you this. Are you, are you a Minnesota uh, Vikings football fan? Yes, I am. <laughs> I do it. Minnesota, all sports. I do have to say I'm also an Oklahoma City Thunder fan because that's where my family's from. So I'm a, um, I'm a Thunder fan, but I'm a Timberwolves fan. But, yes, I, I ride the Vikings for sure. Very, very, very interesting and a nice attribute to add to uh, the quality of uh, Tiffany Kurt. She's a sports fan, so that's a good, uh, a great element to have. Uh, I'm loving it. Now, okay, so let's talk about, um, you said you wanted to get a new start and um, prior to um, you moving to um, Atlanta, what were we? What 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 was Tiffany Kirk doing in Minnesota? Yeah, that's a good question. I was I was living life. You know, I was raising my son, who I had at the age of seventeen years old while I was still in high school. Um, that was my life. You know, in Minnesota. You know, post childhood life. Um, you know, having my son and raising him. Um, I actually had gotten my degree in business administration, but I also got my teaching license. So I was an elementary school teacher for most of my adult you know, career in Minnesota, and um, then kind of transitioned into the banking world, doing financial education for the community. Um, and outside of that, me and my sister, we, we had a rap group at the time called Double Shot. Wait a minute. Cut it out. You you you, 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 you said a writing group. You didn't say it. One half of Double Shot. 
you, you said a writing yeah. group. You didn't say rap, did you? Yeah, R A P. Rap group. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I never. So wait a minute. So can can we find this video? You guys actually did a um, video. Video, you can go on. Well, we did a we did a mixtape video. That was more recent. The video we did before the footage is too long, and this was before YouTube. This was in the MySpace days. So we really okay. never found a way to download it. I guess right it online. But you can find one of our mixtape songs. It's a ZZ song. Um, I'll go with everything. We did a remix to that, and that's on YouTube. I'm definitely and going. I'm writing that down right now. SoundCloud backslash, or I guess that's forward slash double shot music. Oh yeah. I'm I'm I wrote that down, and I'm definitely going and check it out, and I'm going to give you my opinion on it. So now, with okay, with 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 us being on the music subject now, do um what what was the style that that we're going to be listening to? Uh, when it was we definitely hear? hood. I ain't going to say trap. can relate we definitely can relate i just you know with um that's why i say you know guys and the listeners and new listeners and and um existing listeners and everything um they're really getting exclusive right now because i wouldn't have never known that that's right and that's shocking to me it really really is very very interesting and i'm definitely going and Look into that and, and get that in my little playlist here and, and, and see what old Tiffany Kirk talking about. See if you got yes, some skills. Please do. please do. You're gonna have to give me your feedback. But we write we wrote all the music. Obviously some you know, we didn't do the tracks, but we, we definitely are writers and we perform we're performers. So 
always, like I said, that's always going to be a part of me. We had a hip-hop dance before we did the rap group, and we opened for the Ghetto Boys and MC Breed and competed against Next and talent shows. The group, you know, they grew up across the street from us in the Twin Cities. Wow. Brothers, so, you know, we, we, we had some fun. I mean, those were the good old days before you, a lot of this other nonsense came along. We right. had some real fun, you know. You know what's interesting about it is um, I'm I'm actually uh, a lover of music as well, and um, I've recorded several projects, um, produce, and do all that stuff. So um, with that being said, we definitely gonna we definitely gonna do some networking, and um, we gonna we gonna work. I have some writers and producers and a production team and 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 things like that. So we we definitely gonna be able to network on that. Definitely. All right, let me know. Okay, so all right, so you done the teaching, and um, did you just decide, hey, you know, I'm going to head to Atlanta to chase the dream, and then when you um, you got there, you you know, you were doing it and chasing it, and then you said things kind of got kind of gloomy a little bit. Um, then what did you do at that point? What were you thinking at that point? Because you had uprooted at that point. Before leaving Minnesota or, or after? Yeah, after, after leaving after Minnesota, Minnesota and getting to Atlanta. I'm sorry. You said after, leave, after leaving Minnesota and getting to Atlanta. Oh, well, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have, you know, anything really in place except an apartment. Um, I had come down here on Valentine's Day, the, the year that I moved here. So I came in February, put my damage deposit down on an apartment, and then moved down here on April 3rd, 2013. Um, and again, I, like I said, I didn't have a job lined up. I had applied for the position. I did end up getting later and starting in June of 2013, but that was, that was time for me to kind of get familiar with Atlanta. That was time for me to network. Um, I had several friends. I had a cousin down here at the time, so it was just kind of hanging out with them and letting them show me around a little bit in their favorite spots and, you know, different communities. And, and then I, I did get the job, um, at the bank that, you know, I'm still with, uh, in a community development position. Um, was doing dibble and dabbling in the music, but like I said, it's, as a woman in the music game, and I think any woman who's made it or has it and has kind of fell off of music can attest to this, that, you know, most men think that you're just doing this to be cute and that you're flirting with them and that, you know, oh, you know, let's go on a date, let's hang out, and you ain't got to give me no studio money. And when you come as a paying customer that's serious about your, your music and your artistry, they don't really know what to do with it. And I think that's what I found, and that's what has always frustrated me about being in especially hip-hop. Right. Um, so that kind of put a bad taste in, the, in my mouth. And so I just continued to focus on my job and then building two kind of side companies, if you will. I started a nonprofit actually in 2017 called, well, end of 2016, called the Lifers Program for Juvenile Offenders which really aims at reducing recidivism and in increasing their success outcomes. And then I also started a home interior design business on the side. So those are the ways that I can express myself and align myself, my passions, I guess, with work, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, those are the things that really bring me fulfillment outside of my family. Those right. are two things that, you know, really bring me fulfillment and that I feel, you know, are my purpose and, you know, really what's, what's inside me. So, um, so that's where I'm at, you know, and ready to love was just something I tried. <laughs> right now, you know, I would, um, I would definitely like to get with you off air with, um, with your nonprofit, and 
and um, see where we could we can actually collaborate on that and see where I could assist on that because um, yeah, that is that is definitely absolutely something that that um, I'm into and um, experiencing it you know, not as a lifer, but going through an experience of having to do some time and, and right. stuff like that. I could, I could definitely relate and would, you know, and that was something that it's interesting that you, you started that because it's something that I always said that I wanted to do with going through that experience. Um, I wanted to start something too, that would really provide an opportunity for, um, people who, who come out, you know, could really right. have a real opportunity to, you know, really get 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 themselves together, and by by having something in position that could really help, as opposed right. to going in, you know, you it's really self rehabilitation, really, you know what right. I'm saying? It's not, it's, you know, they're not really rehabilitating you when you're going through those those type of experiences in your life, and then when you come out, you already you know, behind already. And then you're coming out like, okay, here, you're free to go, um, yeah. figure life out and figure out whatever you're going to do with no money, yeah. no nothing, you know, and an X on your back. And I think that's, that's the primary difference between those who succeed and those who struggle is because those who succeed are typically connected to a particular resource or two or three that born with that resource, which could be family. But a lot of these people that end up going through the system and getting caught up in crime, you know, it's, it's for survival reasons. Typically, of course, we've got people that commit crime for passion and greed and whatnot. But for the most part, these young people, they do it because that's the norm. They do it because they haven't been, you know, three miles outside their community to see that there's another way. And so, you know, with this program, it's to expose them to something different. It's to bring the resources to them. It's to give them the facts mm -hmm. of mass incarceration historically among black men specifically so that they understand that every time they commit this crime, they are falling victim into that system mm -hmm. that is set up for them. And so if I can break that in any way and prevent one man, two men, or young women, because there were women that have gone through my pilot program, which I did in, uh, finished in May of last year, um, if I can prevent that or you know keep them on that trajectory towards achieving their financial, their education, and career goals and reduce the recidivism, then I've done my part. And um, that's that's my passion, and that's eventually what I would love to do full time. And you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm talking to someone right now who would love to, to sponsor the program for me to be able to do it on a, a more regular basis, if you will. So, Definitely. Um, the Lifers program is not for lifers, people that are in prison for life. This is for people to learn how to be a lifer on the outside versus that revolving door continuously throughout the course of your life. Um, so that's what Lifers is, and every letter stands for something different. It's about lifestyle, incarceration, resistance, education, financial education, employment, entrepreneurship, and education, and relationships and success. That's what Lifers is about. Amazing. Um, the curriculum was written by me. It's instructed by me. Um, and hopefully I can take this on a national level once I get the curriculum in a webinar format. So well, listen, we're not, we, we're not going to hope on anything. We already uh, touching and agreeing on that, and that's already done already. So we just basically just waiting and, and, and positioning and making the right connections and making the right moves because that's already done already. I already claim that that's, that's going to happen. I think that's I think that's great. I really think that's great. And like I said, I would like to. Uh, we're gonna get together on that, and I would like to learn more on it and and see where I could um, 
could help in any type of way. It's somewhere to plug in for everybody. So we'll talk about that for sure. Okay. So um, now, um, when did when did finding love come into play? And when you when you relocated and you were in Atlanta, you came alone, or you were coming from a bad situation as far as a relationship wise, or like what 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 yeah, where were you mentally then?
date and stuff like that again. Now, how how much of it, with with that being said, um, you know, and, and I don't want to to uh, go go too deep into um, too deep into it, but um, how how much of it was um, organic, and how much of it was uh, scripted? That that also was organic. There was nothing scripted. The only times we were given a prompt was when we were about to see it, you know, filmed. Whether it was a you know a girls' talk time where next Tommy was there around the table with the women, or um, a scene on a date, we were given a prompt, which was okay. I want y'all to talk about where y'all are at in your relationship right now. All right, ladies, we're going to talk about past pain in relationships. So there were no there was no script. This was totally unscripted. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of reality shows are scripted and they produce these scenarios where people are pinned up against each other and whatnot. But this was not that kind of show. It was really a true unscripted reality show. Okay. now, with that being said, was there a real connection there with with any of the guys? Oh, yeah. I walked into the experience telling myself and the producers that I was going to be myself and that there was a true connection. I would pursue it or allow it to, you know, naturally evolve. But if there wasn't, I wasn't going to force anything. So the connection I had with Alex was genuine. It was real. Um, I think the other couples that were interested in each other, for the most part, we know that you know Aaron had a couple little <laughs> situations where he probably wasn't being his genuine self. But um, Mike and Shay definitely genuine. Um, and anything else that unraveled as far as the connection, I think those were all genuine connections. Do you um do you feel like do you feel like these these reality shows and um, different shows of these ma- of, of these magnitudes? Do you think that um, do you think that they're they're changing us mentally as a whole, or taking away from the true organicness of actually meeting somebody and getting in um, an authentic relationship? on your mind, mindset and whether or not you know your value. You know, I think for somebody that's on the fence and that doesn't really know what's acceptable, what's not, what's, you know, what they should be looking for in a mate and whatnot, they, they could be easily influenced by a reality dating show. But I think for people who already know what they want, what they expect, they are, it's entertainment, you know. And so I think it just depends on where you're at in your mindset. Um of whether or not it influences you. But I, anybody, even when you have a strong stance of who you are and what you want, can be, you know, influenced by mm-hmm. a reality show. And, um, you know, people that are dating and see something happen on a reality show, they might expect that from their mate. Or they may be more cautious or more, you know, paranoid about something because of what they're seeing on reality TV. And I, I would say more so, I don't think in this show, but like Love and Hip Hop, for example, you know, it's a lot of risque situations. It's a lot of sharing of men. And, and I think for younger, more influential young women and men, it does become kind of a norm because you may not have been, ex- you know, exposed to a positive relationship or how to deal with conflict resolution and what you have to do to keep a man or 
I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, what I don't like, though, <clears throat> I don't like the way that it portrays um, urban culture um, yeah, as opposed to other shows. I, I just I just really feel like we could offer more, you know, with showing our talents and showing our, our, our abilities, you know, and, and our gifts that we bless with in a different regard as far as trying to uplift and show, you know, independency and show, you know, um, business development skills. And, and right, right. I, I just think that we, you know, I would like to see it being shown, you know, on that light because, you know, it is targeted towards a more younger generation. And I just feel like the generation the younger generation is already in a destructive place right, and with right. no, with no real, you know, positive visuals being shown. Right. I just, I just feel like they adapt to it and feel like that's the way this is the right. way, you know, yeah. it's, it's cool to, 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 you know, mess with this person's guy or mess with this person's girl or it's cool you know it's it's just the the entertainment norm this is what it is this just you know and and i just i just don't like it i don't i don't i don't like it at all and i just think that it it's just not good for 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 the younger generation you're right and i'm glad that you know the producers and the the cast are ready to love we weren't about that you know and and I think that we demonstrated how it can be done, right. you know, as far as respecting one another and, you know, not stepping on toes. And, you know, of course, there, there are times where you probably say or do some things that you don't 100%, you know, think was the best thing to do. But uh-huh. being under the pressure and getting prompts and whatnot, sometimes you, you lose sight of really what you're there for and, you know, who's going to see that you're in that moment and you forget. Because um, I had, you know, one of those, those moments with the date with Mike and, you know, said some things that were just kind of more comical than anything, but the way it was pieced together made it look like I was just this snake in the grass. Yeah, it did. You know, did. so, so yeah, did. I mean, um, I think that I think that when shows focus solely on the drama and solely on um, pitting black folks against each other, it's a waste, wasted time slot because we can be doing more with our, you know, with our time and with our money and, you know, these producers can, can do more, but is it going to sell? Right, you know, that's, right. that's the question. Everybody's about that, that money and the ratings and, and the viewership. And unfortunately, drama sells, you know. That's true. It's, it's, it's a sad time that we're in, I believe, and I think it's increasingly difficult for younger people to date. It's hard for me to date, but I, th- I look at my, my son, who's about to be 25. I look at my nieces, who are 24, 23. You know, it's difficult. I mean, it they is. live on their phones. They yeah. live yeah. in that life. Thank God, huh? And I just think it's more—it's more difficult when they're—they're getting this advice from the parents who've been there, done that. But then they're seeing their peers and they're seeing the celebrities that are, you know, living a different life and and pushing different values. I think they're torn, and you know, dating is—I've seen it—it's—it's really tough for millennials and this. What is it, Gen Z? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. You know what's crazy though? What's crazy about it is—it's—it's—it's almost to the point. To where it's like you really don't really want to, you know, on the cool. It's like what what's really safe, you know. It's like everybody's lying, you know. Um, you're really taking a severe chance with trying to find somebody online, or you know, on on through a dating, um, mm-hmm. 
site or something like that because i mean you know to me it just to me you know it's like a gift and a curse because it's like you know you can be anybody you want to be nowadays with online and stuff like that and i think that you know if, if you really look at it nobody is really directly organically communicating anymore you know, right, it, it, it's right. so convenient to just send a text to somebody or, you know, nobody wants to pick up the phone and actually talk because it's like you can hide behind the yeah. phone. Yeah. You know, when I tell I, people all I, the time, I, I'm like, you know, when I'm connecting with different guests and different things like that or whatever, like, you know, people are actually afraid to actually communicate with you and connect with you on a more personable level. You know, thank God that, you know, it's still people out there like you and a lot of the guests that I've gotten on my show because I like to actually talk to the guests. But then again, right. I understand that people are so cautious with everything now to where, you know, here you are, you're getting a DM from somebody, you know, that you don't really know. I don't know if this real. I don't know if, you know, yeah. what I, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I get that. transitioning you know as we are into this millennium uh era that we're in now this social network era and all that stuff like that or whatever where where are you as far as um dating and and things of that nature uh i'm not dating right now to be honest and i'm you know it's i think about this question quite a bit of where i am with dating I just, I'm, I said it earlier, I'm all about energy. So when I meet somebody, I kind of, I got to feel you. I got to feel your spirit. I got to feel your energy. It's it's tough for me to meet someone through an app or over the phone. I got to see you in person. I, I need you to grab my hand. I need to hear your voice. I need to smell you. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. I'm just that chick. And yeah. maybe that's why I stay single probably more than I've been in relationships in my adult life. Um, but I don't know how you change that. You know, I don't know how to break out of that, but, but that's that's just something I haven't experienced in quite a while. So, I mean, I'm very single, but because I'm working on so many other projects right now. You're kind of preoccupied, huh? And I don't feel God has put that spirit in me to stir enough yeah. to cause me to want to get out and meet people. And if it happens organically, I'm going to open, you know, my arms and welcome it and embrace it. But I'm not actively looking for anything right now. Um it is a long-term goal for me. It is a part of my life vision is to have a partner that I can share my life with and, you know, um, someone to support, someone that can support me. But right now it just doesn't feel that that's what's supposed to be for me. So until that happens, I'm okay with that. Um, and I know there are good guys out here, and, and I'm not bitter. I'm just in a better place right now. You know, I've, I've 
other things on my, my life checklist are that I need to probably accomplish first, and then I feel that God's going to send me that person. But I think that he's having me do some other work right now. Right. Um, yeah. Do you so that's where I'm at. I'm not closed, but I'm also not actively looking. You think that... Um... You think that guys fear um, strong black women um, that's career-driven, um, has that strong sense of independency, and um, I wouldn't say, well, I guess it's safe to say standards are um, on a higher level. You think that, that guys are afraid of that from your experience? I do know because guys have told me that they were intimidated of me, men that I may have ended up dating and, you know, why they took so long to approach me or male friends of mine who have told me, you know, just you're intimidating. You know, you've got your stuff together. You know what you want. There's not a whole lot of bullshit that a man can feed you. Um, so I do think some men are intimidated by that um, because there's less wiggle room for you to, I guess, get away with something or, you know, I think what happens is some of the tactics that work for women that may not be as focused, you know, may work. They may be able to keep them around a little bit longer. But for a woman who really knows what she wants, what she's worth, that has been through so many experiences to draw from, you know, that's solid, um, it can be a little bit intimidating because, you know, if the women are anything like me, I'm going to call you on your shit quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I just. I'm not going to allow your words and your actions not to line up. I'm going to call you on it and, you know, make those changes. We might be able to continue to work on it. But if not, I'm pretty much, I'm going to give you a couple strikes. But after that, <laughs> you know, I don't waste time or energy because that's the thing you ain't getting back. Right. Um, and so I do think it can be intimidating. But I think the right man who's been through similar experiences and can draw from similar, you know, background and knows what he wants, that's called equal. And I think that there's there's guys out there that are equally yoked for me. You know, I just ain't found them, but um, it mm-hmm. can be intimidating. Absolutely. Do you think um, with with being in Atlanta the way that it is right now, with it with it being the mecca, and um, with um, I, I, it's, I don't know the safest word to say because I don't want to. With so many um, men dating other men, I guess it's safe to say that, men dating other men and women dating other women on an all-time high right now, um, and it's become a common thing, way different from um, our era, uh, where it was more in the closet type of thing, or more, you know, put away and not really on the forefront. Um how 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 do you how, how does it affect you? I'm cautious. <laughs> I'm gonna check around. I'm gonna try to see if I can figure out who this person's friends are. Uh, I'm gonna watch you. I'm gonna watch you for a while. And even then, that's that's not always a sure bet that you're gonna figure out someone's sexuality by watching and by putting pieces together. Because if somebody doesn't want you to know, and if they truly are on the, on the DL, it may stay that way. I don't think there's any sure way to know whether somebody's sexuality is what they present it to be. Um, So all you can do is just like the same thing, you know, of knowing if they're telling you the truth about anything. Watch them, you know, hope that their word is their bond, and unless they give you a reason not. 
trust him, you trust him. But, you know, I'm cautious with anybody that I give my heart to. So I'm just, I'm a watcher. Um, you know, if, if there's, there's a couple red flags, I might back up. Even if you say, man, no, you know, I'm going to use my, my instinct because that has never served me wrong. That's my God-given sixth sense. And I think a lot of people go against that because there's other things that line up. Oh, well, he's got a good job. He's fine. He's single. He ain't married. He ain't got no kids. Well, those could be red flags. <laughs> you right. know, if you put them together. But, you know, I'm just, I'm a person that trusts my gut instinct. And, again, someone can still be doing you dirty behind closed doors. But, but until you give me a reason not to trust you, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to trust my gut. I agree with you on that. You know, we just living in some crazy times. Um, like, what do you... Um, with experiencing the entertainment world on the other side, um, firsthand, how, how do you, how do you, you feel about it with, you know, being on the other side, being able to experience it coming from a normal side to being on the, on the other side, kind of seeing how things somewhat work a little bit or whatever. Um, how do you, how do you feel about about the industry? You know, I think I think it can be a great place. Again, just like what I said with, um, you know, with dating earlier. You know, if you know who you are, you know, you can handle that world and you know live out some of your fantasies and your goals and your visions for yourself. But if you're a person that's easily hurt by other people's opinions and you know, easily influenced by what people are telling you, oh, you need to do this, you need to take off more of your clothes while you're on top and you're hot, and you need to do, you know, it's easy to get sucked into some very dark places right. on this side. Right. You know, I've had some crazy proposals come my way of things that people wanted me to do or they wanted to do for me and give me money to do it. You know what I'm saying? Can we hear one? So, <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> Can we hear one? Um, yeah, somebody wanted me to watch them play with themselves on, uh, Skype for $5,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that one out there for you to marinate on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, thank there's you. there's some crazy things, and you got a lot of people, especially when, you know, I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. I don't believe in paying people money for things that I can do for myself. Absolutely. You know, if I was truly interested in really pursuing things at a higher level, I might find value in it, but... Because I'm operating really on myself and representing myself, you know, a lot of things come my way. I don't have a filter to block me from a lot of those things. So there, are, there's some crazy stuff. But again, I know who I am. I know what my values are, and I know what I'm willing to do and not do for money. Um, it has to align. Whatever I choose to do has to align with my vision for myself. You know, you can't put your reputation at a risk because there's other things that you want to accomplish in life. But when you don't quite know what those that vision is for yourself, you might try anything. Just because you're getting that attention, you're getting that, you know, you get that little high when you get so many likes and you get people watching you. You know, I'm more of a private person. I enjoy my fans and I enjoy the people who have followed me on this journey. I love them. Um, but I'm also a very private person and I don't want to overexpose anything or sell myself short of who I am just for some likes and views and maybe a few dollars. Right. Um, so I think it can be a very fun experience, but I think... There are some dark pieces to it if you're not careful and you don't surround yourself with the right people who truly know who you are. Right. I, I definitely agree with you on that. 
can we talk about um your can I get your perspective on um the situation that happened, you know, the the recent situation with uh John and everything. What what how do you how do you feel about that that situation? Do you think that he, they're going to bring him back on Empire? Um I don't with Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Yeah, they said they were cutting him out the last two episodes. So uh I, I don't know what what happened to this young man. You know, I mean I know he was upset about his salary. I heard I think he's getting paid like sixty five hundred, sixty nine hundred per episode or something, which is ridiculous to me right. for a show that's that successful. Um, but my my main thought is, what happened in his mind to put to have him put this plan together to seek the attention like that? And it wasn't a well thought plan, you know. Uh, but as far as like the, the risk of the show putting him on there, you know, I think that. If he is a convicted felon and whatever their rules are as far as hiring or employing a felon, I guess they would have to follow that protocol. But you know, if, if he could, if he could help other people in some way through this experience, I think Empire could use it, you know, for its benefit. Is this a mental health issue? You know, somebody seeking attention like that—it just makes you think that there's something deeper. There's an underlying, you know, cause for him to go out and do something like this outside of just that he wanted a pay raise. Um, so I, I I just feel there's something deeper, and I think he needs to, you know, probably get some professional help to help him deal with that. Right. Um, but, you know, the show has to use whatever whatever their protection mechanisms are for hiring someone that's got a felony, which hopefully they're a felony-friendly, <laughs> you know, yeah. employer. Um, but they're going to have to make that call. But I just hope he gets the help that he, that he needs. Because there's something deeper there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Because I mean, the way that Lee Daniels is portraying it, like they got this great relationship. That's his son, and and so I'm like, if if it was an income issue, I just feel like you know the way that he was portraying it, and the way that you know Jess was portraying it as well. Like they had this great relationship. I feel like that's something that could have been discussed, and and, right. and surely worked right. out. I mean, he's a he's a major character on the show. So, you know, he's definitely showed his value and his worth. So I think that that, you know, I agree with you. I think it's definitely something a little bit more deeper, yeah. you know. Because um, I don't understand how the racial, you know, the MAGA, Make America Great Again comments and the news and all, what does that have to do with raising your public profile to an extent that a company's going to want to pay you more? Right. That just doesn't have anything to do with it. There's two, there's two things that just don't connect for me. You know, if it had to do with talent, and him, you know, hitting so many views with his music or whatever, that would have made a little more sense. Right. But, you know, you're trying to get your employer to, to recognize your worth as an employee. And those two things just didn't go together to me. It just, it doesn't make logical sense. Right. Um, so yeah, I agree. That's where I think it's some mental health. I definitely going. agree because if you really think about it and you look at the way that um, TV is, is gearing towards with the space that he's in in his personal life, um, he definitely could get a job on, on anybody would pick him up. Right, he, he's right. definitely a great actor. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I definitely give him that. And he's a, a phenomenal artist, I you know. Do. And my with, thing is, if you're not happy doing something, then, then don't do it. You know, um, I told a friend of mine some years ago that was just miserable in his job. And I said, if you're not happy, walk away. You know right. what I'm saying? You can't make people see your worth. You cannot open people's eyes wide enough to see all that you feel you are. Right. Sometimes you have to make that difficult decision. Maybe you should focus 
Yeah, definitely, because it, it definitely is something that um, at this point in um, the entertainment business, I mean, anything you do could, could damage your career and you could be out. Out. You it know what I mean? You in a minute. Um, coming from, uh, I know this is kind of worn out or whatever, but, I, I you know, I've just been seeing some different, um, well, I don't even want to even talk about that. I want to ask you about a more recent event. Um I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. I'm, I'm always doing research and, and, you know, online doing different things or whatever. And um, I seen something interesting and we don't have to talk about it too deep. But I wanted to know your perspective on um, T.I.'s sister dying, um, just dying. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I just I, I just don't. I don't know, like, you know, all of these deaths that's happening, I just, I don't know anymore. Now, from what I've read, she was in a car accident, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I think she was in a car she accident. She was. That's what they say. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, is there, was there other... It said that it triggered a uh, asthma attack and all of this stuff or whatever. And, and, you know, she was in critical condition the last time I heard. And then the next day, she's no longer here. Yeah. You know, well, I, 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 she I seemed to be pretty healthy to me. You know, um, seemed like a real sweet person. I mean, although I didn't know her personally, but I'm just saying, like, um, I don't know, just like a lot of weird things be going on in, in, in the um, entertainment business. Um, I don't know. You, you just, it's, it's, it's hard to, to tell because there's so many different things that's in place to disguise certain things. And my heart goes out to the family and everything. But um, it's just so many different weird things that's going on. Um, I think that the death of Kim Porter kind of kicked it off. Exactly. Look at someone yes. perfectly healthy. Yes. And, you know, seems that they could fight, you know, their body could fight an infection or a mild yes. illness or a common yes. you know, um, illness. It does cause you to question a little bit. And, you know, sometimes people, you know, start to speculate because they start to put some pieces together and think, well, maybe that person knew too much or, you know, maybe they owed some money or maybe. You know, I think that's the risk that celebrities take these days, you know, of, of putting themselves out there and surrounding themselves with people who, who will do anything for money or who will do anything to get a good story or right. to suppress you from saying something that, you, that may destroy them. Um, when you have a platform to share information or you have a platform to um, ruin somebody or to just express your opinion on something, um, sometimes that instills fear in people to the point where they you know, are willing to do bodily harm or kill you. And I'm not saying that with Kim Porter. I know that, you know, there's different conspiracies out there about her releasing a book and some of the stuff she was about to say. And, you know, but that's, a again, conspiracy, conspiracy theories begin when you see a younger person who loses their life and it doesn't quite pad up. Right. Um, but you're right. It seems that there are a lot of deaths lately and we don't always have the answers. But I will also say this, that, you know, we don't always take care of ourselves the way that we should. We don't do a lot of the things in healthcare that, you know, especially African Americans that our counterparts who are Caucasian do. Right. You know, as far as getting the checkups and, you know, making sure that we're living a heart healthy life. You know, 
think that, you know, that's something else that we need to be, be careful of. And we got to be careful to take care of our mental health because when that breaks down, yes. so many other things can happen. So we don't talk about mental health the way that we should, and we don't treat ourselves, especially, again, black people. We don't believe in therapy. We don't believe in talking about our problems. Oh, I got my home girl. She talks to me. We talk about our problems. And that's not the same thing as professional help. And I think that at some point, all of us probably keep using therapy. Definitely. You know, just to sort through some of the things we've been through. We've all been through trauma. Right. And do we really deal with it? Do we truly tackle it? Do we truly break it down and dissect it and understand how it evokes certain emotions in us and how it causes blockages in us, you know, being able to move forward? Um, I think it's real. And so um, that could be a takeaway, too, with all the deaths that are happening now because I think Christoph St. John is another one off the soap opera. I think it was an alcohol-related death, but he was going through depression from losing his son from suicide. So, you know, there's just, we should all be mindful, you know, and we shouldn't be scared to go to the doctor. We have insurance. We pay so much for health care. We need to use it. Right. You know, put it to good use. I definitely oh, agree with you. That's my thoughts on that. But, um, I, yeah, my heart goes out to T.I. and his family as well because, that's, I mean, death is a tragedy um, in any situation. Right. Um, if you could, um, you, you know, man, it's, it's just never enough time. You, you, you're going to have to come back on the show. You know no, that. No, you got a basketball tournament you got to get to. I will definitely come back. <laughs> Let you definitely, you I'm definitely got to come back. We, we're gonna, cause we want to. I want to uh, talk about the uh, the the foundations and stuff like that. It's so much stuff that we got to talk about. We got more music to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. So, um, you definitely got to come back on the show. We gonna we gonna schedule that and arrange that. I really really enjoyed this, but I would like you to drop some jewels real quick before we get out of here on anybody that. Um, may be trying to um, follow your footsteps or just any advice that you would want to give anybody at, yeah, at this absolutely. point in life. I'll say this. Whenever something is stirring in you, it wakes you up at night, wakes you up in the morning. It's a constant thought or it's a very frequent thought of something you should be doing. I, I say pursue it. And don't let I don't have enough time ever be a reason to not do something. We all make excuses as to why we can't do something, but we all have time in every single day. Um, we have to decide how to use it. It's not fun, you know, to, instead of laying in front of the TV for those six to seven hours every night, instead of getting on the computer and researching grants for your nonprofit or applying if you want to be on TV looking at how to get your headshots done and how to get an agent or to get with a modeling agency. It's not fun to do the work. But in order for you to actually succeed at something, you have to discipline yourself and you have to treat your vision and your goals as a second job. Um, that's my advice because for many years I stayed stuck with that. Why can't I do these things that I want to do? Why am I still in the same position? Until I started doing the work, you know, I was continuing to ask myself those questions. And when I, when I started doing the work and I finished for my program, my curriculum, and I finished um, my business plan and started getting meetings and meeting with people and looking at spaces where I could host this program, that's when things started to happen. So you have to do the work. You cannot rely on somebody else to give your vision, you know, the meat. Right. You've got to put the meat on the bones. And there's nobody else that can do that but you. So discipline, focus, and treat your vision like a second job. Wow. Tiffany, I love you for that. Thank you so much. Um, Again, 
from me and um and the team i wanna i wanna thank you i really really enjoyed this one i really enjoyed this thank one thank you so you. much i enjoyed this too it was great to open up and finally you know talk a little bit about everything that i've been doing and not doing <laughs> <laughs> um, but i would love to come back you just let me know when and i'll, I'll get you on my calendar and we'll do it again okay we definitely gonna do that um uh, again for um and look put your social platforms out there real quick for anybody that yeah, wants to connect so with I'm you on twitter at i am tiffany kirk instagram i am tiffany kirk and um let's see my, my facebook is still private that's family and friends and then my website you can go to tiffanyekirk.com that's going to bring you to everything that's got my music that's got my home staging that's got my nonprofit. You guys heard it. You guys got the exclusive. You guys been waiting on it, and it has happened. God is good. Um, I'm wishing you more success and more blessings, um, and we're going to talk soon, me and you. That's right. I'll be waiting. You have a great day, and have a good uh, tournament. <laughs> so you're going to blow them out the park. So good luck with everything. I, I sure hope so, Tiff. <laughs> I'm yeah, on it. Like I'm, I'm on. Well, he he been he been playing Fortnite all day. I haven't been seeing him out there practicing, trying to shoot around or do nothing. So he already know. I already told him already. It's it's. I just I don't know what's gonna happen. I just don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> stay stay optimistic. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you, my sister. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my super special guest, the lovely Tiffany Kirk. We out. We'll